Hey guys, Seth from Misfit Athletics here along with the rest of the crew to talk to you about what to do now. The Open is over, right? We just finished up 18-5, scores are submitted, they're figuring out who's going team, who's going individual. While you may be in the uh, vast majority of athletes such as myself who is not going to the next level, or you may be like Gabe going to a master's qualifier, or you could be like a few of the coaches at our gym who do not happen to be in this room who are going to regionals, right? So there's all these different paths that people are taking. Uh, today, we're going to talk about what the right path will be for you and whether that's off-season training, prioritizing your goals, training for regionals, training for qualifiers, whatever it is. We're going to try to lay out a few different paths that you can take to uh, continue to work on achieving your goals, whatever those might be. So I think the first um, person we talk about is the everyday CrossFitter. They may follow Hatchet, they may follow the blog, um, but they are well below um, qualifying standards, right? They're, they're well out of range. There's no amount of team members that can save them at this point. Or maybe they finished 500th, maybe they finished like 3,000th, like me. Um, and, and maybe they're just starting their CrossFit career and this was their first Open. I think we can talk about a lot of things that are similar with someone who may be in their first Open and someone who is, you know, in maybe the top 250. There are still a lot of things that will be similar in how you attack things moving forward. My first recommendation for that athlete is to go into our article section and visit the article called Post Open Action Plan because it has a lot of guidance in terms of how to approach the upcoming training that you'll be doing, which you'll see on the blog. So without giving away the article, what, what would be some of the points that uh, of the post option? Post open action plan. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a an in depth uh, reflection slash assessment of why you didn't meet your goals, what you can do to change them, and how you can set up a system to you know attack it again and 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 get after it for next year. So that would be good for a lot of people who maybe feel like they didn't reach their goals. But what if my goal was top five hundred and I got there right? But next year, I have much loftier plans for myself. Like I got into the you know 450s, we'll say this year. But next year, now I'm thinking if I can make that jump, I might be in you know top 250, top 100. How do you kind of assess and, and what are your options? I to think go? you can still use the same plan because okay. it, it actually caters to those who did or didn't make their goals. If you met your goals and you don't set new ones... Your journey's over, right? So you did it. Uh, it's over. Yeah. Congratulations. That's why I'm not winning every year. <laughs> So, so much of it's about the fact that the sport is you have to train year round. Yes. You have to train all the time. We don't have that. Like it's all the off season, right? Almost all of it's the off season. Our games are very short and it's this weekend or this day or this hour, whatever it is. And this is like, just, let's just make sure before we make this plan, let's take a full step back and like, look at the big picture and see where we're at. And I think that this episode will or I don't even know what this is. Um this it's video <laughs> this video will be able to give people that portion that is just about the training, like we'll be able to help them fill that in. Because yeah. the other parts are, you know, personal and you know what do you got going on in your life and all of that. Whereas this video can really like push one of those those avenues. I agree. And um I, I think the biggest thing that I'm just gonna bring up for most people um as those when I say most people again, I mean those that are not going to regionals 
is taking a big step back away from everything they were working on, even like uh, if they were hyper-focused on one part of their game leading into the Open because they were afraid it would be tested and they were worried about it, and it probably was tested, um, and, and being willing to take that big step back and almost start over. So not that you have to um, go back to refining the air squat, although you probably could, you right? You may need to. You may need to really look at the foundation of that. And we get to take this step back. Um, and what's important about that is we don't have to worry about the weights, right? So all year we're trying to build what our, our, our maxes are so we can use higher percentages, so we can continue to get stronger. Well, I'm not sure right now we have to worry about that. I don't think your one rep max snatch matters right now. I don't think necessarily even your uh, PR 2K row matters right now. More important than what your best tests were that you've discovered over the season is that you look to see how you can improve on those things. And in weightlifting, a lot of times it's mechanical issues, it's form, um, it's the way you squat, it's all kinds of habits you've built. You might be able to look at yourself on a rower and have somebody fix something to the point where you PR instantly the next time you tested it because you're just rowing like a new jack wagon. Yeah. Um, your pull-ups, you may have been okay at doing your chest bar but they may not have been perfect and you may not have been able to link as many together as you thought you could. There's a way to work on the skill of a chest bar pull-up. There's a way to work on... All, my point is, all these things we worry about, how you know what the tests were, the test results don't matter now. There are data points we can take the information, but the biggest thing is that we step back in that post-open cycle that we write every year or whatever the hell you're following. I don't care. Whatever your your big picture is needs to be broken down into the simplest forms again and see what little parts you can fix while the, you know, in your off season, we kind of call now until end of August, like officially off season for most people. Um, but what what can you fix? What big changes can you make? And what can you identify are the things that led you down the wrong path? I think that's where you need to spend a lot of your time focusing. I think some of those things are intangibles too. Like one of the things I thought was tested this year and multiple tests was how quickly people transition from movement to movement. It used to be the most efficient person would just take, you know, less breaks and they'd be able to keep going. But right. now the efficiency of people moving has increased like a thousandfold from what it was even a couple of years ago. And now it's quickly can you push the gas from one thing to the next so while know, moving well while, while still moving well yeah yes. you're not you're not moving like a jackass just because you're going fast you're, right. you're still moving well but maybe that's a huge part of your game that you didn't realize was an issue and i think you know you look at 18-1 you look at uh 18-2 those are two workouts that are perfectly demonstrating whether or not you're able to move from thing to thing very quickly and you're able to understand that the best in the sport hustle between things like yeah it's even more so at re- when we talk about every year with regionals and regionals prep is that, you know, you have to realize that there is so much transitioning on the floor in order to make the event and a spectacle. They want to show people's progress. So transitions become important. But I don't think you know, I can't really think too much in the past how much uh, or how important those transitions were until this year. I mean, they've been important in the past, but this right. year it seemed like it was one of the prime focuses of the open was to see how much someone can push back and forth. Do you guys still think we have an issue, generally speaking, in our overall CrossFit community that people are not putting enough intensity into their training so that when a piece like that comes up where you must hustle, there is no room, they can't kind of maintain that output because either they're so focused on 
a skill that they keep throwing into workouts that slow things down, or they're focused on a weight that they keep throwing into workouts that throw, that slow things down, that they're not hitting the gas pedal enough in their daily training, training every single day. I think <laughs> I think people subconsciously keep going after what they're good at over and over and over. And that leads to, you know, we see it in our, like our classes here at the gym. There are some athletes that do not care what the movement is. They're going all out. Mm-hmm. And those are the same people that struggle with movement efficiency. Yep. And then you have the people who have taken the time to almost, I call it the illusion of fitness, game the system. Well, I've figured out a bar muscle up or if I figured this out or I figured out how to clean a little bit better. And they, sort of come out of the workout at the same time a lot of times, but look very different. Oh, yeah, right. for sure. So I feel like people really gravitate towards like, I'm going to put my head down and go all out, or I move pretty well, and I can keep up with these people that don't. Like, I feel like people need to understand that the other side of the coin is where your focus has to go. Well, what enables the that middle of the road so that you are able to put your good movement out there, yet you're able to move... Uh, intensity to the point where your body will make that like serious adaptation to be able to maintain that output. Where is that like middle road that people can train on a daily basis? I just think both athletes in the scenario need to be okay with the other side in, in bridging that gap. So the athlete that moves really well has to be okay with, you know, maybe your knees do bend a little bit in those chest to bar. Maybe, you know, towards the end of your row, when you're obsessed with keeping your chest up, and the person in the on the other side of the coin's got their eyes closed and just letting her rip. Like you got to be okay with some of those things. That's part of our sport. You're going to see that. You're going to see mm-hmm. that with the best athletes. These little breakdown breakdowns in form at the end of a workout, so that they can finish and get things done. And the person on the other side just has to be okay with the fact that they might need to slow down every once in a while and like figure out how to move. Yeah. Like right. where do where do you go from there? I think the term relative intensity should be applied here because we preach intensity, people take it away and they think that means just going as hard as you possibly can, regardless of anything. And if you think of it as relative intensity, intensity relative to what you need to work on most, if it is movement, your absolute all focus is on cleaning up your movement and within the piece that you're doing and all of your intensity goes toward that. If it's actually going harder and pushing the pace a little bit more, your intensity is focused on that. So intensity isn't one blank blanket statement. Right. And as you progress through the year, you combine those two things. Intensity of your focus on what you're trying to work on. So think of it as relative intensity and you can build on those things toward competition. It's funny you say that because I'm personally, I can just speak from being an affiliate member. That's where my fitness is at. And today we did some pause front squats. And, and I didn't go that heavy because I'm trying to rebuild my squat and keep my back healthy and everything like that. And my intensity was super focused on where the weight in my foot was. All I could think about, I kept the weight nice and light. All I could think about was where the weight moved and where my feet was and whether my big toe was pressing in, whether I could feel the weight in my heel. When I paused at the bottom, was I in a stable position? Where were my knees and come out? And I just worked on that. And that actually, while it wasn't necessarily super challenging weight-wise, the focus on every single rep while people are around me are just adding weight, going up and down, up and down, up and down. I'm like, can I hit this perfect position in the bottom of a front squat over and over and over? Well, perfect for me. Right. Over and over and over again. And that itself is a version of intensity. And that itself has a ton of value when you're, especially this time of year, when you're trying to clean things up. 
And if I can do that regularly and then slowly add the weight as I have all the time in the world now that the Open's over to rebuild for next year, I can probably make a lot more progress versus I'm just going to bounce out of the bottom and wherever my knees go and wherever the weight shifts is good enough for me, I'm going to add more weight now. That's that's the complete wrong way to approach it. So I didn't think of it the way you explained it until you explained it and it reminded me of this Well, you morning. have one of those awesome accessory sessions where you there is hardly any weight and you're drenched in sweat. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, you use your glutes on the way down too? Right. Like, <laughs> oh, control? What? <laughs> Weird. And, and I mean, that's a pretty good segue into we've got the front squat template that's coming out and we're... I'm a really big believer in that front squat template is all about positioning and the movement itself. Like the strength accumulation, everyone knows that those awesome movements, you know, the deadlift and the back squat and things more of that nature, that's how you get stronger. But then how do you apply it to the clean and jerk and the snatch and the front squat, overhead squat, Mm -hmm. all of these different things. You take strength and you take skill and you try to marry those two things together. Yeah. And the front squat template, you can almost read it and not do it, but get a real deep understanding of what we're talking about. Like all of this explanation and all of this thought goes into how do I just do a front squat hold? Like how do I go down and hold that position and stand back up? That's the type of mentality we want people to have throughout the entire off season. Definitely. I think that, and it's, it's definitely not a you know good enough consolation for not going on to the next level but you can if you take the mindset of you have the opportunity you have the advantage of addressing this stuff now instead of making it through a competition season being beat up coming back and addressing it later so if you take that mindset of i get the opportunity to go directly in and do this stuff then you can set yourself ahead of the game. You get a five month jump start on everybody else that's yeah. going to be, you know, competing through regionals and potentially through the games, and that's a ton of time. And it's and that's support how, of the year, basically. That's how you find almost. value, I think, in this post open cycle, and you make the most out of it. Because too often we have people say, "I didn't qualify. Training's not really as important right now. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to kind of go through the motions." So. Yeah. yeah, that and that's exactly the wrong way to look at right. it. So I have all this time off now till cycle one. No, you have all this time to get prepared to perform well in your training for cycle one because everyone else who's ahead of you in the game came in better prepared in their training season and their whole training season went better, which is why they were successful in the open and you weren't where they're at. So now they don't get that period to prep for cycle one. They're actually, while they're training hard and they're going to get their own version of success out of it, it's for a very specific reason. It's not necessarily rebuilding the fundamentals that could help them in the long run. It's very specific things that, uh, you know, are for our sport. Um, and so that's not going to get them necessarily ready for cycle one compared to somebody who has three months plus to make sure everything is where it needs to be. And if they find stuff that isn't where it needs to be, there's a ton of resources out there to fix it. Like Drew said, he has the front squat template. Well, guess what? We have templates for every freaking gymnastics movement out there too. And, uh, I mean, there's lots of places you can plug that in. The volume is supposed to be lower this time of year so that you can take a look at your movements. You can put intensity into your workouts and you can add little things in, whether it's additional warm up things, additional accessories, or really hit the weakness stuff that completely kept you out of it. If you couldn't get a handstand push up, but everything else you had, well, yeah, you got to spend some time figuring out why first figure out why 
you can't get a handstand push-up and then start to apply the basics and build that. Don't just keep jumping up on the wall and seeing what happens. That's not going to work. Once you start to build it and then you have the handstand push-ups, then you can do more and add volume and do all that stuff. But you have to get there first to earn that right. Um, but there's unlimited resources um, through us to get templates and, and such so that you can hit those weaknesses over the next three months. I feel like each level, a lot of it is just about the accountability factor. I feel like we offer a lot of different services, but in a way we offer different levels of accountability. Yeah. So you've got the the free version of the blog where you would need eyes on you at your own facility mm-hmm. or you would need training partners or you'd need both and you'd need you know someone at home to, to you know understand what you're doing, what you're going through. Then as you get you know going up through the tiers, accountability can be present through, hey, all these templates are here and I bet you can find one that you're not very good at mm-hmm. that you could use. Then you move on, you get into the complete tier. You can, the templates are very easy to use in the complete tier because you get the week in advance and you can plug and yeah. play. Because yeah. yes, yes, the volume is lower, but it's really nice to know. Like this oh, is yeah. on this day. Day one's on this day. Day two's on this day. I'm going to flip flop this. This won't affect this. Like the the chess pieces that you get there is big. And then if you do have questions or if you're not sure where to go, those the Facebook groups, groups yeah. are moderated Huge. multiple yeah. times. Well, whether it's by a, a, a staff coach or by another member in that group, I've seen somebody post, Hey, I'm not very good at handstand pushups or I'm trying to get a muscle up. And they say, Hey, why don't you check out the template? They go check it out. And then they're on their way to improving that movement. Right. Yeah, so you might also find someone in one of those groups too. And like you said, like you might have someone at home that keeps you accountable, but you might find someone in this group that can keep you accountable. Like, Hey, you know, those guys are making friends inside that group. Like the masters hey, group. We, you, you know that I saw that you did terrible on the handstand pushup work, and I know you didn't do very well in the clean workout. So we'll, you know, keep each other accountable. Say, hey, did you do your like squat clean? Or I mean, that's you- how Misfit Athletics exactly. became something. Yeah. Was this like this Use like online other. resource of accountability that people created for each other, for themselves, you know, for everyone? And then the remote coaching is, you know. Do I get my own program? Yes, we make tweaks to it, but it's the ultimate accountability coaching is what it is at the end of the day. Like you have these goals and you're the one that's going and beating your head against the wall every day. And we're here to tell you, keep going, keep going, keep going. It's all good. You have your little moment. Like when one of my, when one of my remote clients freaks out, give him 24 hours. I don't say a word to him. After the 24 hours, if they're all good, (laughs) if they're all good, then we move on. And if they're not, we got to do the FaceTime. We got to do the whole thing, you know, work through it. But I, I know that if I was trying to accomplish something this grandiose that I would need somebody in my corner on a very regular basis, I I can't even, I I couldn't do it. And if you don't, if you don't want to be able to be accountable for figuring out how to plug and play, like, I mean, it seems like a, like we talk about the. The remote coaching is really about making a connection with a coach and getting a chance to bounce off ideas and talk about, you know, how training went and a chance to reflect, but you still may need some guidance, like how to prioritize. Do I do this? Uh, do I do this accessory template this cycle or do I wait till another cycle to do this? And then we just yep. talked about, you know, one of the reasons we can be here for you is to help you figure out when is the appropriate time to do this versus that, or what was a bigger weakness, or maybe you're not sure, like, Hey, I didn't do so hot in the clean on 18.2A, but I also did terrible on muscle ups. Like, where should I my focus be? And, you know, that's why we're here to help you. With I mean, a, a good decision. athlete can remove their conscious thoughts, not their subconscious. No. Thought. True. And we can remove, we don't have that subconscious. No. We don't have to deal with that. 
It's wait, you think you're really good at this and not good at this? No, you're not that good at this. You're going to do it. Like, (laughs) yeah, there's so many biases that you create on your own without having any clue that you're doing it. So, and, and a lot of times these, the athletes that time for remote coaching, they really, there's not anyone else that can relate to what they're dealing with. And even though their coach may, may or may not be, depending on who you have, be training as hard as they are, the coach fully understands the commitment that they've made to what they're doing. So when they want to just vent or talk about something or bring up a point about something, they may not have anyone else that understands what the hell they're talking about. So when you can go to your coach and just be like, you know, throw whatever you want out there about training, about the day, about how something went, about how you're excited about something, the coach can, you know, respond to that appropriately so, so that the athlete understands, okay, they're, they're hearing me, my, you know, my efforts are not going unnoticed, um, you know, and that's really important because to be, to be as good as you want to be in anything, whether you're just starting out or whether you're going to regionals or games, whatever, it takes a ton of dedication for your, a, your time, but B, you're, you're so mentally taxed to you push yourself to be good. Part of this you, you do. to allow you, to, you have to, to continue have to do it because if you don't have someone to you know, interact with, I think about like not competitive as, you know, I once was, which was very, very, very minimal. But Ooh. if I go home and tell, go home and tell Noel, like, hey, I had a rough training session, so so went bad. She'd be like, shut up. Can you start dinner? Yeah. Like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> exactly. Cool, cool stories. So, exactly. A chance to talk to someone who actually can relate to the, the stress and what you need to be able to do day in, day out. Exactly my point. So, yeah. And that's a, a big thing that we do. We're here for that. We understand we've seen it all at this point and we want to see for more most of it. it. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, how about, uh, so if you did make regionals, if you did, congratulations. We'll be talking more about you uh, in future episodes of the podcast and what have you. Um, what's next for those that have made regionals? It's officially four days, re- oh no, three days removed since uh, Monday, right? So it's all over. Yep. Um, we are putting out our regionals programming. It's available now for purchase on the website. Um, individuals start Friday. So I'm not sure when this is going to go live. Uh, probably pretty close to Friday, huh, Ted? So about, about the time you're seeing this, regionals programming has started. And um, the first three days are optional. Some people really like to get a jump on things and get into their, um, their rhythm because when we train people for regionals, we know that Friday, Saturday, Sunday is what we're shooting for. That's the competition weekend. And we only have a few weeks you know, six, seven weeks to get you guys used to the new um, kind of format of what days you're taking off, what days you're training. Want to get you really ready for a Friday, Saturday, Sunday of super high intensity work. And uh, the volume's not crazy because regionals does not require a ton of volume. They require massive, insane performances intensity. under pressure, <laughs> under yeah, in with intensity, with heavy weights, under the spotlight, tons of pressure there. Um, so aside from either being a team member, an individual, and following the programming, which we put out, which um, not to toot our horn, but we've had real good luck with it over the years, and we continue to refine it and try to get people as prepared as possible. What are some other things these regional athletes can do in the next six weeks to prepare for their big spotlight? I mean, to me, it's just about, you know, you worked all year long to get to this point, um, and you want to perform your best. You don't, no one wants to go to regionals and be the guy that comes in, or girl that comes in last place. So, you know, if you've had this this goal in mind the entire year, a couple of years, you've you know focused on it. 
make sure you're doing the little things from here on out. Like all those things that you did prior to the open, whether that's getting body work or making sure you slept enough or your diet was important, those things become even more important now. Like to me, you know, we have Austin and Carolina qualified. They're going to be seeing chiropractors. They're going to be seeing massage therapists. They're going to be thinking about, you know, how can I get a little more sleep? Is someone going to cover my class in the morning so I can, you know, get one more day of quality sleep so I can train harder because, you know, this, the, the season is so short. It's those five weeks and then you have, you know, a month or so, a month and a half to get ready for regionals and you have a weekend and that's for most people, that's, even the fittest yeah. of the fit, that's their entire year. So, yeah. you know, staying super dialed in and having a chance to talk to somebody and they're lucky because, you know, they, they date each other. So they have a chance to like reflect training at home. So they have a chance to have some of that mental stress like laid off them. But finding someone to confide in or to talk to about training is going to help you because I think as a coach and having worked with, you know, a couple of regionals athletes and one games athlete, that, that's the issue is like, they don't need so much like the guidance with the training. They're like, I'd see what it is. I'll do it. They need to talk about how things went or, you know, how can I do better or what should I be doing day in and day out to make the little adjustments to have that best performance they can get. You made a kind of an interesting point that I, it's kind of going to derail us a little bit, but I think it's kind of important. So you get to, you say Austin Carolina are dating mm-hmm. and they get to bounce things off each other, which can be helpful. Don't you think that can also be really hurtful when they're maybe three, four weeks into regionals prep and they're kind of both looking at each other like, I'm not feeling it today. Are you? As their no. coach, I can confirm <laughs> yeah, this theory. Can, exactly. <laughs> so, it was kind of a rhetorical question. Right, but. but yeah, so um, I think mindset, and it's just kind of a segmenting into to keeping your mind in the right place to be able to push each day. Part of what we've done developing the program is to keep the volume to not to a minimum, but to what I think is probably the the minimum effective dose, say I guess he- you'd the say. Healthiest that. Dose yeah, that you can get. the most yeah. appropriate dose so that you get a good amount of training in for things that we expect to see or have seen in the past, um, while being able to have time for yourself and the energy to do the things that you talked about after or before training so that the next day you can train again. Um, so we have that, but the mindset of being able to go into that each day with whether you feel fresh, whether you don't feel fresh, it, it that day is still equally as important to get the most out of it in the short window we have to, to prepare. I was thinking more of like, you said that could be easy to commiserate and go the other way, but I just think the support system is huge. And I think that's no question having a coach or having training partners who you know, maybe didn't qualify, but are still like willing to be by your side and say, Hey yes. man, I'll, I'll jump in this piece and that piece of you. Cause you know, done it once or twice, but like you, you get into that regionals training and you just get things get old. Like you're like, man, it would be really nice to make something up or just take a day off. And while it seems crazy because some people are like, how could you do that? You did all that hard work and now you need these six weeks. Every second matters from here until then to compete. So you can do right. your best. How could you have that? But it's, it's hard mentally. So how could you that, not have that? Exactly, That's the problem. That, that support system helps keep you, you know, engaged mentally and allow you to keep training. One of the easiest things mentally though, for athletes is once they realize what the test is at regionals, the test is at regionals, you go in, you warm up, you absolutely annihilate a challenging, but you know, the skill level's higher. So maybe the intensity's not, you know, the same as the, whatever it is. And then you rest a while and then you do it again and that's it. And it's, it's not that much volume compared to what our athletes are used to on the year to year basis. So if we take that full step back and say, this volume does not need to be that high, you need to take, you need to take the time to take care of yourself outside of the gym and just crush 
every single thing yep. in regionals prep. That's the skill. Warm up, crush something, cool down twice a day. They don't need to be able to do anything else at no. regionals. They just have to be able to like take this singular focus. It's almost the opposite of what we talked about with the the post open cycle, right? Where we break everything down and we really kind of analyze everything. It's almost like we've spent all year long trying to get our athletes to this point where they can just show up, wreck it, cool down, warm up, wreck it, cool down, and go home. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and that is a skill in of itself. Like, if you're just a, a volume warrior, regionals can be a bad place for you. Too often when we go to regionals, I see the hardest part of regionals being the early morning until about an hour before the workout starts. I get texts from the athletes that I'm there to work with at like 7.30 a.m. They don't work out till 2. And they're like, what should I be doing, coach? And they're just stressed out about it. Well, yes. I was like, well you don't wake up at 7.30 on a normal day and wonder what you should be doing. You, you know... So they're not dealing with the stress of it very well. And that long period of time when they have nothing to do drives them crazy. And then again, an hour before the workout, they're like, oh yeah, I'm here to work out again. And so managing that bit seems to me to be the hardest part of regionals. And, and, and like you said, what can you be doing to make sure that you're prepared for that? Understanding that, knowing that, Hey, what if I set my day up like I was competing at regionals? So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, when you're looking at the regionals training, know that you might have to do it in the afternoon. If you're an individual and athlete, you're going to go later in the day. So why don't I wake up and find a good routine to deal with that stress until I train Yeah, and then go in and crush your training pieces. Uh, and you know, you'll set yourself up to go in and just, it's preparing you know. the intangibles like we talked about before, like maybe the transitions in the open. It's a chance to practice some of these things that don't seem like they matter really matter like adding transitions to your workout or setting mm-hmm. your floor up at your gym so that you have to run down the floor to get to the muscle-ups then run back to your barbell like you there's know, so much of that built into this because people yeah. won't do it unless, yeah, you, build otherwise it you, unless you don't say it, people don't so want to do it much of a that. chance to practice mm-hmm. this and you notice that like last year's first workout of regionals the uh the run with the gymnastics 10 rounder after it the athletes that hustled in the transitions typically did better and the athletes that walked from the you know the eighth round of air squats back to the pull-up bar added 30 seconds per round to their to their workout and weren't one of the best athletes. So it's a chance to practice these Think little things. Think about the ring dip, uh, was it ring dip power snatch? Yes. I mean, they transitions? separated the two movements by like the whole entire floor and it was a three-minute workout or whatever. If you didn't sprint, it didn't matter how fast you did your ring dips. It nope. didn't matter how fast you snatched. It was, a, it was just as much a sprinting workout as it was anything else and he's going to continue to make that more of a part of regionals. He they love running and they're going to put running into every little part that they can. So they love it anyway. Yeah. One, I think one big piece of this that we haven't mentioned yet, that is part of almost every athlete that we've had like breakthrough with us is training camp. Like our athletes that have gone from non-regional qualifier or from, you know, 10th in the open to first in the open, or I don't know if I like CrossFit anymore to, right back into first place. Like there are all these stories and almost all of them start with, I thought you were going to say not liking CrossFit to like living in the woods with a you know, tent and a dog. I didn't know where you're going with it. <laughs> no, hi Cam. Um, hey bud, so, if you're watching. No, there's just so many of those stories begin. Like the origin story, yeah. you know, is training camp. Corey Lunny and all those guys like that were 
Alexis, Jordan, Jordan, Travis, China, China. Sam. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all, all of these people that we yeah, that we started working with, um, that initial connection and understanding what we're looking for, what this community is all about. How is it possible that we keep having fun year after year in this like grueling, you know, sport? So much of it starts there. And for once, we got our shit together, and we know all four dates as of right now for 2018. Good God, how do we've got we do an that? international, you know, camps like pending and and whatnot. So, you know, we'll report back on that. But we've got we've got a nice mix of like geography coming up where people could come see us, and a lot of people want to know like, how do I get sponsored, or how do I know if I want remote coaching, or how do I know if I want this or that, or where to focus? That weekend is really big for a lot of athletes. Get some mentally in the right place to like attack what their goal is so or maybe realize they have a hole that they didn't necessarily had before like there are athletes who come to camp and thought they were good at handstand push-ups i thought they were good at muscle-ups because they could do 15 of them and we turned from 15 and then 25 because there was a little thing going on with it so it's a chance to get some hands-on you know help. what it really does is it adds perspective because when there's games athletes oh, yeah. there and you think you're up and coming and you're like i'm can, i can hang fish. with everybody <laughs> and then you have to go work out against sam and china it's like uh, okay, so I learned a lot, but I need to reevaluate where I'm actually at as an athlete. And it's pretty humbling for a lot of people who show up, like, do the strut when they walk in, and they're like, okay, so uh, can you help me now? Because the weekend's over, and uh, I learned a lot, but now I'm kind of in panic mode because the reality of how difficult this sport is has really set in. You guys have kind of laid it out there, and the ones that have had success took that challenge head on, and... Uh, had some insane breakthroughs. So, um, yeah, if you're up for it, we got dates posted. Come see us. Um, so let's, like, wrap all this up with uh, the the whole point of this kind of, like, little show was what do we do now, right? The Open's over. What are three things you would advise somebody to do that did not make regionals starting tomorrow if they were going to Three things? On? Three things. Give me three bullet points you'd have the them do. The first thing I'd say to everything I tell all my athletes, this is, take a couple days to get out of the gym, refocus, because I feel like some people can put a lot of stress from finishing the open. Hey, I suck. I don't do, I shouldn't be doing this anymore. I want to give up instantly because they didn't achieve their goal. Take a couple days, mental stress relief to go outside, do something fun or jump into an affiliate class. We tell us to our athletes all the time. It's a chance to just decompress. Second thing I'd have them do um, is to sit down, look at their open performances, figure out what really held them back. Or if they videoed all their performances, watch their videos again. Cause a lot of that athletes that I talked to said, yeah, I, Here's the clip from the end. I'm like, well, did you watch the early part where you didn't transition well? Like, look at that thing. So spend some time looking at your videos or reevaluating your performance and, you know, have an honest conversation with yourself whether or not you need to change something or alter something. One more. The last thing last thing I'd say is just, um, you know, find yourself a community of people that you can be with. And that might be online, that might be in person, but try to find someone else to suffer with you because misery loves company and a lot of people who, you know, want to have big goals, need to find people to help push them. And that'd be my thing to find somebody else to help work out with. I hope people don't overlook that advice because those were three good things I put you on the spot for. Gabe, your turn. Ready? I'm three just, resources. Three things. To, unique oh, things. Three unique three things. Three resources hard, hard, three people could use. <laughs> I'm just going to piggyback on what Sherp to, said. To make, oh, to make I was just going to do three words. words. No way. And you, yeah, you oh, get, three words. Let them do three words first. All right, go ahead. Synergy. Three words. Assess, plan, and act. Those are my three words. Okay, now Asset. three resources you can do that with. <laughs> okay. Assess. Tell your sources. Here we go. Assess. Looking at all of the information that you have from the open, the resource of where did I place, what did I do well on. You have 
infinite amount of data. Um, you should look, be able to look back at your videos or your, how you felt during the open workout, what you really struggled with. So you can assess how things went and how it, you stacked up and how that relates to your goals. Plan, going back and looking at the post-open action plan, coming up with a plan for where do I go from here. Um, and that's on our article section again. Um, so that's your Boom, plan. There's your resource. Yep, there's your resource. And then t- um, act. Oh, crap. That was my plan. Oh, act. no. <laughs> act. Oh, okay, act. here we go. Easy. Here we act. go. Go to the blog. Thank Start you. looking at all the resources. <laughs> I knew I had it in me. So look at all the resources that we have on there. Make that jump into signing up for the pro tier so that you can see all of the programs that are available to you. Reach out to people. Set up your your um, support network. Uh, don't be afraid to just write things down and 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 not do them. I mean, go and do what you think you need to do and exhaust all your efforts to um, achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve. So I like it. All right, Drew, oh. your last. Uh, the these are three random thoughts. Okay, so. Listening to sure, but there's also the other side of the coin where people get really excited really early and then two weeks later. Oh, man. Well, it could be two weeks, <laughs> could be two months. It could be whatever it is. That is really important. Like we we've given this speech so many times at training camps. Goals and priorities have to line up. You cannot say and like really believe it deep down that you want something, but then not want to work for it. Just hope that it might appear through half-assed effort. So both sides of the coin, if you're super depressed because you didn't make it or you're super excited that you got close, you have to manage those, those feelings and thoughts and all of that stuff. I mean, for me, um, having a, a true understanding of what you're trying to accomplish is so incredibly important. The next thought is so many people out there, so many people out there could have a more direct path to regionals by following the hatchet program (laughs) and then following the blog and then crushing the open. I truly believe that a full year or a full cycle or half a year, whatever it is, wherever you're at, just having the confidence to kick the shit out of the programming for a while is, I mean, that could be so beneficial. Yep. So that path for so many people, I think is possible through the regular blog. And I don't want to say that it's not, because, you know, that's the product that we put the most time and effort into. But at the end of the day, if if you're only slowly making progress because it's a little, you know, above where you should be at versus, you know, crushing this and then moving on and then moving on, because that's how the OGs did it. It right. was .com. It was one a day. And then, oh, man, we might need to add a lift. CrossFit strength bias. Mm-hmm. Like, and then it was just one more. It was so gradual how those people progressed in the sport. And I think a lot of people could take an like an ode to like the old school CrossFit, head back to Hatchet, just start crushing stuff and slowly be like, okay, not that sore anymore. Putting up the best scores that I can find might be time to add some stuff in. And then, you know, my last thing just goes back to, I know that a lot of people like the concept of the templates, but if you download the template you know, put that thing up on your wall, put it up on your wall and literally write into the spreadsheet what you're doing. Like 
have, have a goal for what you're trying to accomplish out of it. This was me at the beginning. I did all of this work. This is me at the end. Do not download it. Do it for a little while and get (laughs) get rid of it because it's not going to do anything for you. No, we can write whatever that we could write anything and put it on there and it's not going to do, you know, us writing it does not make it all of a sudden, you know, make its way into your body or something like that. It's like the studying by osmosis. Like if I sleep on my textbook, I'm going to get smarter. So it doesn't work that way. Please actually (laughs) use these things. Nice job. Well, we closed the door on the open, but uh, the off-season door is swinging wide open, and we have endless resources for you guys. So we are still as committed to you as ever, if not more so. Uh, If you have questions, reach out to us and uh, check out everything we have to offer on the blog, and we will see you guys next time.